Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Patty G Show. We've got Amy Dyke from Clover Creative Agency um, with us today to talk about what she does and also how she's getting by uh, in part A of hiding from the kids to record podcasts and conduct business. So, Amy, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for giving me a reason to wear makeup and kind of brush my hair. So. You're not telling me you haven't been doing this stuff for every day. Yeah, no, not really. <laughs> yeah, I still have my house pants and my slip my house slippers on. So I'm only like halfway. And the back isn't really brushed. It's kinda kinda matted a little bit. A little, a little nice hey, back there. It's it's all good. I'm in the I'm in the Friday Hawaiian shirt, so Oh rock, in the cash. Yeah. Um, so for those that don't know, what is Clover Creative Agency in your yeah, so we are um, out of Baton Rouge. We're a local um, media company. We mainly just you know do marketing. So um, our focus is primarily social media and web, um, but we also do billboards and print, all the traditional things as well. Um, we've got a few photographers, graphic designers. Um, it started as like a one woman show. It was it was my business um, four years ago. I went out on my own just freelancer, um, graphic design, marketing. And then after a few years, it got to where I couldn't really handle all the work. And um, I found that I had along the way met some really talented people that uh, we work really well together. So yeah, um, last year was when we became officially Clover Creative Agency. Very nice. So what, what is it kind of you bring to, because I know, don't y'all do Earl's? Yeah. Yeah, so we have uh, a wide variety of clients, um, dentists and plastic surgeons, um, event venues like bars. Um, really, because nowadays you can do anything with social media, we have a, a broad range of different clients that we work with. Okay, so y'all do a lot of like social media marketing and stuff of that nature. Yeah, that's our bread and butter because that means that every month, um, we can rely on that income. And it's also great for our clients because um, if you see, see a great billboard or if you hear a good ad on the radio, first thing you're going to do is look them up. And for a long time, it would be you would just Google businesses. But now people want to know who um, is the brand persona or who brands become like people. So they want to see if would I hang out with the people that run Earl's or would I hang out with you know, GW Oliver, or would I hang out with this dentist? And they don't realize they're doing that, but that's what they do when they go to Instagram and then Facebook and they kind of stalk people and stalk accounts um, before they even go to their website. So with our clients, they realize that um, they've got to stay current and they've got to keep their content fresh and relative to what's going on. So yeah, that's why social media is kind of our 90% of our business. Okay, so what is, you know, for somebody looking to get their business involved in social media, what kind of, sort of stuff that you're recommending for people that don't already have a presence? I mean, social media is huge right now with every brand. You know, if you don't have social media, it's almost like you're even existing. Yeah. Yeah. It can seem overwhelming um, if you're someone who hasn't joined Facebook or Instagram, LinkedIn, those kind of things yet. Um, but the great thing about these platforms is they really make it easy for the user. And regardless of if you have a team like us working for you or not, um, Facebook and, and things like that, they offer like step one, what's your business name? Step, like it helps you fill it out. Um, but a lot of companies think, well, if I have it, it's good enough. And that's not really true. Um, 
your pages, your Facebook, your Instagram, they all kind of look different. And I'm sure you saw that challenge that went around, I don't know, maybe four or five months ago, where it was like the four squares of what you look like on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on, um, I don't remember the other one, but do you get what I'm saying? Every, it was the same person, but they look different in each platform. And there's a reason right. for that. And the same thing is applicable for businesses, like your LinkedIn for your business account, brag about your, you know, um, corporation and your events and the different um, awards you have, your credit, accreditation, all those kind of things. Um, share information about technology that's relevant to your industry. But if you were to take the same content and just like vomit that onto Facebook, it would just be crickets because no one cares. When you're on Facebook, you know, you're probably letting your mom see all your pictures of your kid. Your stalking never <laughs> just got engaged. You know, you're not... You're not going to Facebook because you're like, that's where I'll get all the latest information about technology. You know what I mean? So right. you need to understand what each um, social media platform is geared towards. And the easiest thing for businesses that I tell people, well, how do you use it? So what do you look forward to, to seeing? What what do you like? And so um, and if and if there's someone who says, well, I'm not really on Facebook, I don't understand. Then that's when you say, okay, do you have an intern here? Do you have a secretary? Do you have someone else we can ask? And you ask them, you know, what they like. And you'd be surprised how much that lines up with the ideal client because you, you obviously, um, you know, say you're an interior design. You would want someone who watches certain shows, who likes to pick out paint colors and things like that. So by po posting those kind of things, um, it just keeps people excited and keeps them interested in it. That makes sense? Yeah, no, it's... And I, I love the uh, bringing up the four-squared uh, past posting of it's like, you know, who are you on Twitter? Who are you on LinkedIn? Who are you on Instagram? Who are you on Facebook? And it's just a different person, but yeah, it's the same character, you know. And it's when people look at it, they don't from a business standpoint say, like, oh, well, if I just get this one piece of content, I can publish the call service in the platform. When the reality is like, no, you, you, maybe you know we can take the picture or the capture or the you know the event or post it across different platforms, but change the copy. So we're not typing, you know, check out this food um, as for like Instagram or something. But then we go to LinkedIn, it's like, oh, I wonder the creative artwork and the creative time and then the business to get this meal prepped, you know. That's yeah. more elaborative for LinkedIn, more business fo focused. And so what, what do you find, you know, for, let's, I want the interior designer uh, example. So for what platforms would they, should they be on if they're not already there? Yeah, I mean, I would say at least get on Facebook first. Um, I know that, you know, for like the 18 to 25, they're TikTok and Instagram, and they're like, what is what is Facebook? Um, but the main reason why I tell people to at least get on Facebook first is one, it's going to be the easiest for you to get on if you've never been on a business because they walk you through it. And two, it has reviews. So um, that is a huge thing to someone who has never heard about you or it's their first time seeing your brand. Um, everyone's going to say they're the best, you know, that, that, um, and Elf, when he freaked out, cause they were the world's greatest coffee or whatever. And he freaked out. Well, that's just best coffee. Yeah, that, I mean, that's just what they said. So, um, your best, uh, marketing is your own clients and your own patients, those kind of things, your consumers. So, um, I, I love Facebook because it does have the review section. Um, and also that's going to help tie back into your SEO, your search engine optimization. So if you have a Facebook page that is constantly being updated and constantly doesn't have to be every day, at least a few times a week, when people do Google you, if you don't have a great website, at least your Facebook will pull up. 
Um, whereas right. Instagram isn't really something that the SEO um, that, that SEO really comes into play. That makes sense. Yeah, and it's what about editing like the, the alt text for the image whenever you start doing Instagram creation? Yeah, I mean you can definitely do that. There's there's definitely meta tag. There's things like that, but that would if someone's never done social media, I don't want to like <laughs> hurt their brains and freak them out. Um, right. The best thing to do is just be on there and be present because what happens is. Say you've um, you, you heard about someone who cuts hair and you want to go look up their work. They've actually, for the most part, been super busy and that might be why they're not posting. So to you, you think they haven't done any business at all because they haven't posted in six months when really they're probably just too busy. Well, not right now because of the coronavirus, but during a typical time, they're too busy to post. So what happens, though, is we don't know you're too busy to post. We think you don't have anything to share. So that is why it's important to either schedule your content out hire someone, um, let your niece help you, your nephew help you if you, if you need to, um, because not posting is worse than posting bad content almost, you know? <laughs> right. I think it's, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Gary V and this kind of content creation model for social media. And, you know, his, his is always quantity over quality, you know, just get out there and post. You'll learn to get the, qual the quality as you go on, just First and foremost, get the quantity out there. Yeah. Get publishing, get posting. Well, how can you tell what your audience likes if you never do it? It's kind of like you'll never get the girl to go on a date with you if you never at least ask 10 first. You know, you might get a few no's, but oh well. That person who's asking all the girls out in high school had a better chance than the person who never did, you know? So, right. and the great thing about um, Instagram and Facebook, you can always archive and delete those old posts. So, you scroll down, you're like, what was I thinking in 2016? Well, just hide it. Get rid of it. It doesn't have to be there forever. You know? <laughs> or keep it there and show people how you progress. Yeah. And that's something yeah. I actually like to do. So whenever I um, first like find an account and I'm just like drooling over how amazing they are, or how many followers they have, or whatever, I like to give myself a reality check and scroll for as long as I can scroll. Because that is one thing about social media, too, is you only see their like, front door, their like beautiful front window of their shop. That's what you put on social media. So you don't see the back door of, of the years of work it took to get there. Uh, did, were they on Instagram in you know, 2012 or something when it first started? Like how, you don't know how long it got someone to get to a million followers or whatever the situation is, or to finally have beautiful, great branded content. They could have been taking photos in their living room for years. You never know. So um, right. it's kind of refreshing because it's easy to, if you start now and you feel like you're late to the game, to get really intimidated by some people that are killing it. And it, you, everyone was the same way. Everyone was afraid to post. People still, like, I just posted that thing with uh, Wilson, the home improvement thing. And I thought it was funny. But every time I post them, then I'm like, well, I don't know if anyone else thinks this is funny. I don't know if anyone's going to laugh, but I still do it, you know? Yeah. But, and it's it's also about, you know, not necessarily doing it to, oh, I got to do this. And if it doesn't get so many likes, it doesn't get so many comments and engagements, well, I got to take it off. It's no, I want to put this up there because it's true to my brand. It's true to myself. And if nobody likes it and I have to swap, swap accounts to my personal and go like it just to give one like, then that's fine because I'm still being true to myself and being true to my brand. Yeah. That is going to pay off in the long term. A lot of people I find when they start on social media, they're just, oh, if I don't get a thousand followers in a week, I'm done, I'm quitting, it's not worth it. Right, and I also tell um, clients, it's more about to me as a marketing, uh, as the, if I was handling your account or just giving you advice, I would say, look at your engagement. 
your engagement percentage means way more to me and way more to your business than how many actual likes and follows you have. And that just means that if you have a thousand followers and you're getting a hundred, you know, likes a post, well, you're at like 10%. So imagine if you had, you know, 10,000 followers and you're still getting a hundred likes, that's really not doing well at all. So some of these big accounts, you might see the huge numbers of followers, but how many people are actually engaging with their account regularly? I would much rather have a lower follow account, follower number, and people that are constantly engaging with my content than have a big number, but nobody sees it. Right. And that's, how, how, do you, how do you fight that kind of stigma that's around the instant gratification that social media doesn't always bring for businesses? Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Um, and that's one thing too, like, I've even gone, I went and did a talk, uh, I think it was about two years ago at 225 to their sales reps. And we talked about the difference between print and social media because for them, they'll put all all this time and energy and make a wonderful ad. And then their their clients were saying, well, I can just go on Facebook and get however many views in so many minutes. And it was like they wanted, the, people want that instant gratification so quickly. But um, when I was talking to them, there's, there's a value in both. And... Um, Instant, the instant likes and all that, that doesn't mean anything if you're not converting anyone. So when I talk to my clients and they're saying, you know, we did this many posts this month and, um, you know, likes are up or likes are down, whatever they're, they're looking at as the analytics, I just look at the bottom line. Have we converted any, any sales, that, you know, your referral sources, social media, or your referral sources of billboard, whatever it is. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters. You know, um, building up a, a following is important. But you want those followers to eventually convert to some kind of sale or a lead or, or something. Right. That's especially from you know, like a retail shop, for example. If they want to have you know, great posts, great content of you know, their clothing, their items, whatever it is they're selling. But they also want to see that swipe up or that click to shop conversion right. from their customers or from their followers. And if they've got you know, 10,000 followers and they only get like two clink clicks from that page from that post and it's like okay, what's happening here right and sometimes that's when you need to reevaluate are you trying to sell all the time i have uh i've had clients who every single post they want to end it with a call to action or every single post needs to be sales oriented when how annoying would that be it's like uh the guy from um what's that show where so the universe oh my god i can't think of it now and they're like really smart and they're like nerds and the girl the in Bang theory? what is it the big bang, the big bang theory yeah, i couldn't think of it with, with, with sheldon penny yes. penny penny that's literally what it'll become when every post is like sale or buy now or you know swipe to get this it's the same thing with influencers too and i've worked with some influencers i'm like you cannot have every single post be use my promo code or, and then it's like the truman show where she's holding the jar of whatever no one believes you anymore so um, it's the same thing with businesses. You have to spend, I like to tell them at least like 80, 20, 80% is telling about who you are, what you're about, why your products solve a solution, you know, a problem, why they're, a, you know, be solution oriented or um, improving someone's life, whatever it is. 80% is that the 20% is the sale because when someone could come to your page multiple times before they decide to sell. And if, and if every time they come, it's like, almost like you're screaming at them, trying too hard, they're going to stop listening. But if they come multiple times, they're like, you know, that I really should try out that place. I'm going to go next time. And then they see maybe 
the next day a special or coupon, they'll react. But if it's a coupon every day, then what's what's special? You're trying too hard. That makes sense. No, that definitely makes sense. You're when you're over eager to sell and you're over eager to get your product in front of your, to your customer, not even in front of your customer, to your customer, it becomes a point of like, okay, hang on. I feel like I just walked into a grocery store and got surrounded by a bunch of free samples and they're just not letting me go through and shop. You know, they're like, here, take this, take this, take this. Right. It almost becomes, you know, just so far attracting from who the company is as a brand that you can almost lose sight of them with that. Oh, exactly, exactly. So what are some kind of steps that you're seeing people take in regards to that? You know, how do you, how do you, how do they take it when you tell them you got to balance that? Because a lot of business owners, especially for the retail, they just want to sell, sell, sell. How do you, the conversation like in regards to, you know, on slow down and build more brand awareness before you start pushing products? Usually I tell them, give me 90 days. Um, it's, it's sometimes hard for people to not get instant um, wins right away or an instant sell. But give, uh, give Facebook, give Instagram 90 days to rearrange basically your algorithm and your engagement. Because if you've been posting for yourself or if you've never really posted at all, you're throwing like darts out just in random, right? You're just throwing them out there and you don't know who's going to get them. Um, especially if you've just been selling all the time and not really telling. Um, so in that 90 days, that's when you're going to start showing who you are as a brand maybe talk about why you started say you've been a company that's been around for 15 20 years you probably don't even think about you think everyone knows you but they don't so take the time to talk about your why why you got started um some of your favorite projects some of your favorite um clients let them talk for you take some of their reviews and turn those into posts um but i would say 90 days is great because it allows you to maybe run a contest or two um tell your story a little bit better and capture some new some new audience followers and then from there then you, once you have an audience that's engaged then you can start really looking at numbers to see okay over these 90 days which posts performed the best and why right. what do we do to repeat those should we turn on <clears throat> and start doing targeted ads and who would we do those to do you even have an email list that we can tell facebook to like make a lookalike list based on like that's why it takes a little bit and it's it's kind of like everything like um i i one time i went on like a, an interview with a client and um the day before someone had called them one of these like 1-800 get fo facebook followers or something had called them and said they were going to get all these followers and all these it was only like five grand i'm just over there like coughing i'm like only five grand but anyway they had signed up for it and i'm like really and i did it in the office and i felt so i felt like i was in a movie because i said let's look the company up so we went to their website and you could see how like fake everything because when you would see like an example of a client they were and you Googled that example, they like did or something like that. And it was so awkward because then I just had to like slowly melt into my chair um, because they knew that they had been duped and I had to be the one to show them. Um, and that's the thing. When people promise you thousands of followers overnight or they, they promise you um you know, immediate sales through click funnels, um, that those things take work and they take a time to get your copyright, to get the photography right, the video, the messaging. So um, you really want to work with someone who gets your business and understands what your goals are and will take the time to tweak things. You can't just get it right, right away. Right. I mean, because even if you, so on, on that note of, you know, quote unquote, buying followers, 
that these people say, oh, overnight you're gonna get 5,000 followers, you're gonna get 10,000 followers. But if you go back and you look at the followers that they have, you're like, okay, this person is not in the same country and you're a local grocery store. Yeah. Like, let's, let's really look at this and see who your followers are. And then, okay, you've got 10,000 followers, you get 20 likes. Right. You get no comments. You know, then it goes back to your engagement, like you said earlier. It's okay, I care more about your engagement than your follower count. Because if you've got people, you got 100 followers, but you're getting 60, 70 likes and you're getting 10 or 20 comments on each post, I'll take that all day. Exactly. And you're more likely to convert those to actual leads, followers. And then, too, then those people can be your ambassadors. Like when you share good content, they'll want to share it. They'll share it in their story, right. you know? Um, and they'll want to tell your story from the rooftops if you, you know, do a great job. Yeah, it's about building, establishing that connection, that relationship with those people that are your followers who are then going to convert in one way, shape, or form down the road, whether it be sharing a page and having somebody else come in and buy your product or directly buying your product. So I'm right, right there with you on that. So for, I want to kind of touch on influencer marketing. You said you've worked with some influencers. What, what was that like? How do you work with an influencer? Yeah, so I always say try to go local with your influencers. Um, one, they're probably going to work harder. Two, they actually know this area. Um, and then lastly, they um, I feel like they're easier to work with when you have a smaller following account and you're more likely to get actual sales. I've worked with someone who had a million followers for a client. And I mean, the amount of people that saw the stories was insane. But if they're seeing them in New York and Denmark and wherever, Utah, it doesn't matter. It's not going to get you anywhere if you're like a local skincare place. So it's much better to do local people, even if they only have like a few thousand followers. Um, and I would just make sure that if you work with influencers, that everything is really clearly written out in, in your contract. So you're going to get X, Y, Z, you know, number of stories, this many shout outs. And then you also want to make sure the influencer you work with that they only highlight products that really work with them. I've seen influencers that you can tell that every other, every post basically is a product and they could, you could have one protein shake and you scroll like a month up, there's some other one that's her favorite. And that, that really is not the kind of influencer you would want to work with. You would want to work with one, they have only one skincare product they promote or only one gym only want you know and that that'll mean more to their followers and it's more likely that that would convert actual sales yeah it's focusing on one product and also i'm kind of like a bigger fan of the product placement as opposed to the direct sale of the product you know and, um, so like on tiktok for example bang energy joint does a great job they get people to not say hey we love bang they get people to do the dances holding bang Exactly. Taking a sip out of it before starting something. That yeah. to me is much more powerful because it's almost like a silent advertisement that you, us as the consumers don't pay attention to. You know? Well, we want to discover things. So, um, like when we were growing up, like everybody wanted to do what everyone else did. So, if, if you yeah. like Hanson or you like NSYNC, whatever, then all your best friends did too, and you all had parties about it, whatever. Now, consumers, um, mainly because of the internet, we want to discover things like we want to be the first person to, to discover XYZ ba band or this drink. Have you heard about blah, blah, blah? Like it makes us feel cool if we're like the only ones who knew about it. 
I know it's kind of weird, but it's true with this. Like, oh, it's very true. So um, that's the same way with all social media, honestly. That's why organic content works so much better than sponsored. Um, I mean, I don't know if you've noticed every th third or fourth post on Facebook is a sponsored ad. And some of them are brilliant. And so you will stop and watch them. But majority of them, you're like, oh, scroll past it because you're tired of being sold to. So um, the product placement, like you're talking about, is brilliant. Um, having people just wear things. Um, even if you work with an influencer, just having them happen to be in your place today when they're just talking about their day, they just happen to be getting coffee at, you know, French truck coffee or something, you know, those kind of things wow. are really smart with influencers. Oh, 100%. That's, you know, finding that, that balance, you know, especially for organic reach, like having a, a pure organic reach can be so powerful because you know who you're reaching actually wants to see your stuff, not who you think wants to see your stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. and that thing too is to actually go back and look at your audience every now and again. I mean, there's some uh, people that have had Facebook for 10 years now, and they're like, yeah, I have 5,000 likes, but I mean, who are those people? Like, if you were to run an ad that says to your, you know, followers and their friends, like, what, what is the age of that person? What is the average, you know, income? Those kind of questions are important. And then that way, too, is if your audience has changed, if it's gotten older, if it's gotten younger, you're not still using the same metrics and things that you did 10 years ago right and you're able to you know tailor their interests of your audience like okay i've got this certain product that i think is going to be great for people that love tiger king so i want to tailor it to people who are interested in that specific genre or a specific show but also i'm looking for more of the younger crowd so i want to further target it to 18 to 30 year olds right know? but if your entire 5,000 following is 45 to 70 year olds you're going to reach nobody yeah yeah so I'm, I'm right there with you on understanding that now linkedin i've talked with a couple of people about it and they still seem to have the thought that it's just to find a job oh no linkedin um i mean I, none of my accounts are on a monthly with linkedin um but for just professionally speaking and all of that it's an amazing platform especially for um credentializing yourself and making your business really stand out as an industry leader because there's different things that people buy in you know people buy for trust people buy for social proof you know they see their friends like it and there's people that want state-of-the-art best and and linkedin's been great during all this crisis too i mean there's so much information and in, that you can find there um i think people have forgotten how to use linkedin or how to, what it's about right i mean it's, it's Everybody or a lot of people I talk to, they always say, well, I don't need a LinkedIn because I already have a job and I'm not looking for a job. I'm like, well, you're missing the point of LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the professional Facebook. You yeah. know, you're going there to talk about, hey, I've got, you know, just did this, worked on this project. This is how it turned out in your business work. You're not going to necessarily go post, oh, I just com completed a design of a building on Facebook. You know, your people are going to be your, your close friends, but all right, cool, man. It's great. But on hey, LinkedIn... <laughs> your, your mom and your grandma are going to comment and say, oh, honey, that's so, that's so great, so proud of you. But on LinkedIn, you're going to get a lot more engagement within people in the industry, and then that's going to lead to later down the road, maybe somebody who owns a business that needs some design or some structure work to reach out to you and say, hey, I saw that project you did. I would love to hire your firm out to do it for us. Yeah, and they'll remember that you did that too. Um, a lot of marketing is just uh, like – cookie crumbs, you know, little bread breadcrumbs leading people. Um, and so having all of those things add up 
when along the consumer's journey to finding you and actually making the sale is is crucial. So making sure your website is updated. You know, if you've got a business that hasn't updated your website and I mean, I would say three years just because so much changes now. It used to be like, oh, every five years is good. I'm like, where were we in the world in 2015? Like, I don't even know what was going on. So, so much has changed. So um, your website hasn't been updated, you know, that, and that goes to like, if you've hired and fired people and they're not on your website, like that makes people feel like garbage too. If they've worked for you for like a year and they're still not on your website um, and the team, those things are important. Also like updating your projects. You know, I worked with an architect, um, just actually did a couple updates during this COVID shutdown. So he's like, might as well update my website. But um, he, they've been around for over 25 years and they hadn't updated their website in, I don't know, 10 years. And they had so many projects to show off and so much amazing work that even I, like doing my research before I met with them, didn't know that they had done. And it was yeah. because no one, nobody knows how awesome you are unless you toot your horn a little. And I know sometimes it's hard for business owners. It's hard for me. Like I'm just posting random home improvement Post and, and sometimes I forget. post and Wilson. Yeah, I, I should post logos that I do, and, and I should post videos that my team does. But I, I sometimes feel awkward to toot your own horn. But ultimately, that's what that's what you need to do. And LinkedIn is the best place to do it because that's what people want to see on LinkedIn. You won't feel like the odd man out, say sharing projects that you completed or um, accomplishments, awards, those kind of things. All right, you know, of course, it's for photographers. When you go to shop around for a photographer, you want to look at the lookbook. You want to look at their past photos. You're not just going to go find somebody holding a camera and say, "Hey, can you come take my, my picture?" You know, you want to see their past projects, their past portfolio. Same thing with businesses. I mean, if I'm going to hire somebody, I want to see what they've worked on in the past. I want to know who they're, you know, who can they talk about that they worked with. I want to get you know that detail before I even start to work with them. Otherwise, how do I know a I can trust them and b they do good work? Right, and you don't know to like. You think about like the empty cart, like kind of analogy, like you don't know how many empty carts that, you know, people abandoned the shopping cart, like for you, just for your business. So you don't know how many times people looked you up and they saw enough red flags to walk away. And there were simple things like you could have updated your website. You could have posted on Facebook, you could have shared, you know, some victories on an Instagram story. You know, you don't know how many little red flags there are, but you've experienced them as yourself. Maybe you were thinking about going to eat at a restaurant. You, you looked them up. They don't have a Facebook. Oh, let me just see if they have anything on Google. Oh, they do, but they don't have any photos of anything recent. So those are enough red flags. You're like, oh, where was the other place? We should go eat there. When really that restaurant could be amazing and killer and they're so busy making great food that they haven't taken care of all those other little things. But it's almost like you don't know the clients you don't have that you didn't get yet. If that makes sense. <laughs> all the people out there, you don't know if they're a potential client or not. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you're, you're always the worst enemy. Like you're, you're always the one that holds you back. And, um, it's, it's always some, there's some excuse of why you didn't get it done. Um, but nowadays with so many tutorials out there and so many ways to walk you through it. Um, I mean, I'd love to tell everyone they need a creative agency. There's so many, I mean, there's so many amazing ones in Baton Rouge. Um, but nowadays you can literally, you can YouTube brain surgery. So you can YouTube how to like have a killer account. You can YouTube, how to make great content with easy, like graphic design apps on your phone. There's, there's so much out there. Um, there's no really no reason, especially now, like with, with this whole like coronavirus stay at home order. I mean, I was like everybody else. I went through the stages of grief where it was like shock, denial, anger, all of them. And I didn't want to do anything either. 
I was just like, I hate filling out forms and I'm having to fill these all out so I can keep my business alive. But if, if this is the time that you become even more reclusive or, or even quieter, think of how hard it's going to be once we are, once the gates are open and we're allowed to promote your audience is going to be nothing. So the right. best thing to do right now, even if you're like, well, I have no food to show or I have no, um, if you're an interior designer, I don't have any projects. I can't show any installations. There's so much that you can still do because ultimately as the business owner or as the designer, you're, you're still a person and you can still share your story and be vulnerable about it. You know, share about the things that you've struggled with, share information for other business owners, you know, Hey, I was able to get this loan and this is how I did it. You know, there's ways to, um, stay relevant right now, even if it's just humor, sharing something funny because we all need a good laugh. Um, it's, it's a good time to do that when you, if you do have moments of free time right now. Yeah. And it's, I know it's hard for small businesses, especially, you know, especially in the local community to justify taking time away from their craft or their tasks and going to social media or going to that creative space to enlarge their brand. You know, to give yourself more brand awareness, more brand presence, they're seeing from the front, from the front lines, they're like, okay, I have to be on the floor selling, I got to be out there cooking, I got to be over there meeting with this client, doing this business. But at the same time, they can't seem to, you know, take a step back, like, okay, maybe I need to bring somebody in. And it's hard, it's hard to justify spending money on somebody to do that whenever they don't have that immediate, you know, results. They don't have the immediate satisfaction or conversion. So how are you kind of going about going going about overcoming that? Like every day time or during this crisis? Both. Well, I mean, before all of this, it was always um, an easy analogy to people or just to explain them. So you can hire someone in-house. You'll have them at your beck and call. They'll be with you all the time. You can get them to do whatever you want, um, but you got to pay salary benefits all those things and also it's one mind it's one person handling your marketing um or you can have an agency like we are that usually costs less than having a, a salaried employee because you don't have to pay benefits and all of those things and then you have multiple eyes trying to tell your story and helping get creative with it um and it's kind of like anything if you want to get in shape you hire a trainer or you at least google some exercises you don't just go outside and like this is happening it's just not how it works you know, um, and so, and, and even like, I was trying to re-listen to some of my podcasts that I've recorded for, um, for mommies on the podcast. And I was listening to this, um, one lady, her, Shanoa Farrell, she's a health and wellness coach and she did a, hers was called rescuing yourself. And she was even talking about even like the best coaches have coaches, like they have someone helping them. And I think, um, the best thing you can do as an, as just a, a, an adult who's at all going to thrive in life at all is ask for help. Whether it's, you know, with your finances right now, whether it's with your marketing. Um, but that was always what we would say before is, you know, you can hire someone in-house, but you've got one mind or you can have a team. Um, and the great thing about us is, you know, our packages and the way we work is you can do as much or as little. Um, we're obviously going to steer you into the way that would work the best for your business and let you know, hey, you know, we're going to go ahead and do your social media. We understand if you can't update your website. Potentially what will happen is people will see awesome content, go to your website, and that might end the sale. So we are honest with people, but we also understand budgets. Um, now, right now, during the during this COVID situation, I mean, that is like uncharted territory for everyone. Um, but I will say going quiet is like the worst thing you can do. Um, 
but what we've we've offered we took um all of our existing clients we did you know 50 percent off to them during this and then we had a few that were like hey we're can't even like people that were uh, multiple location like dentists that have in the hundreds of employees they're having to potentially lay off um and we're very uncharted territory for them you know they're like hey look we're just gonna have to we can't do it and we hated it we hated to see them go um but they literally have no money yet coming in it's kind of like when the flood happened i mean when the flood happened i was my it was just myself i didn't have a, any employees or any kind of agency mindset but um yeah i mean there were so many boutiques and different things that i was like hey you can't sell anything i understand um but so right now i think though if you can if anything really like, hey i don't have time to make graphics i don't have time to make a video and on a budget you have your phone most of the people have phones in their hands get on and do just a facebook story an instagram story just show what you're doing in your office like so, say you're in your boutique and you're like well i guess i'm just boxing up orders got a few online orders today share it talk about it because if anything it plants that that seed or puts that drops that breadcrumb to make people go oh yeah i forgot about that boutique i didn't even realize they sold online because i used to always go by there let me go check it out like my friend andy at the keeping room i mean she's someone that does weddings and stationery and, and home gifts. You know, those are those are things people like to touch with their hands, they like to see. So she's had to like pivot her business quite a bit to make sure that she's able to stay afloat. And people are now able to go to her website and shop a few things and um, get custom orders. And it's just, it's being able to change is the most important, being able to shop online, which people have been screaming that for five years, you gotta be able to shop online. Um, but the businesses that will come out of this are those that remained visible. And that doesn't mean it's perfect. You know, if you had to cut your marketing team, go find some old posts that you had from a year ago, share them, call it a throwback Thursday. There you go. There's ways to stay present. You just have to kind of think outside the box a little. Yeah. And I kind of want to segue now. So you, you touched on it with the, the mommy's podcast. Am I, is that the right name for it? Oh, mommy's on the podcast. Yeah, mommy's on the podcast. What is, what is that? Yeah. So, um, you know, when I went out on my own, um, I had two children, and um, and a stepson at three, but he wasn't. He was only every other weekend and in the summer. Um, so I had two children, and um, and and it was hard because he was little. But um, in my mind, I envisioned being a mom, working mom from home. I would be more Martha Stewartish, and I wasn't. I didn't spend all day working and then make an amazing dinner. And then when I had my, um, my daughter, uh, my youngest two years ago, it was like even more eye opening to how lonely I was um, because I didn't fit in with the stay at home moms. I didn't fit in with the moms at the park who were like pushing their kids in strollers and talking about jazz or size or whatever. And I didn't really fit in with my friends that owned um, a business and worked in like an office setting that, um, or that didn't own the people that worked in an office setting. And so um, I had a few clients that were also moms who own businesses. And I realized that we got each other. You know, they wouldn't question if I sent an email at 2 a.m. or if it took me an hour or so to reply to a text. They understood there was probably a nap taking place or I was up working late because I couldn't work during the day because of my kids. So um, the podcast started last summer um, because I was like, look, I, I'm, I've tried to find a podcast that I can listen to while I work. But they all made me feel like garbage. They were also like um, <laughs> either 
so motivational, like how to make memories with your kids and all these things that I realized I was a mom. I was like, wow, I don't spend enough time with my kids or they were business podcasts that I was like, well, that would be great if I had all eight hours of the day to do that, but I'm going to practices and to lunch and, and are at their school and physical therapy. And it was like, I didn't, it, none of it fit me. So I figured clearly I like to talk a lot as you can tell, but <laughs> I was like, why don't I start my own podcast? And, um, so I did. And um, it's called Mommies in the Podcast because it's like when your kids are like beating on the door to go to the bathroom. It doesn't matter where you hide. They're going to find you. So when I was trying to come up with a name, I was like, well, I, I did a podcast in my house. I would have to yell at my kids. Mommy's on the podcast. And so that's where the name came from. And um, it's been great. Uh, we've I ended up I think we've had like 20 something, 25, a lot of podcasts. I don't really know the number. Um, but we've ended up getting like 2000 something listen, listeners, followers, all kinds of different countries. Like Spotify did that thing at the end of the year where they recap how you've done. And it was definitely not something I was expecting. Um, but it's been great. Um, interviewing all these other women, seeing how we're able to be the moms we want to be, but also grow businesses has been awesome. I mean, I've interviewed, um, like Ingrid Rink, she owns Sensible Meals. It's like a million dollar business that does all these meal preps. I've interviewed um, like multiple different like uh, postpartum counselors, like different women, people that own boutiques and some influencers, just so we can all kind of share our journeys. Um, a lot of people's paths don't look like you would think. They would be like, oh, I used to be a nurse and then I quit my job and now I do this. Or, you know, I don't know. It's just pretty cool. Um, and it's been interesting too to, to do them now. I've been doing them through Zoom because we can't see each other. Um, but yeah, so that's what I did last year, and um, it's been great. Yeah, it's, I, I want to listen to it. I don't know how much I can relate to it, um, but I definitely give it a listen for sure. So how how did you get started with all of this with the Clover Agency as well as Modern Podcast? Oh um, well, so I my my degree. So I graduated college with a six week old baby too, with my oldest Kate. I graduated with a sociology degree. So unless I went back and got my master's with the original plan, um, I wasn't really going to do anything with it. Um, so I, I immediately got, I was, I bartended and waited tables all through school with the baby. I didn't want to keep doing that. So I actually ended up in the dental field as an assistant. And then they immediately knew I like to talk. It's not a good dental assistant if you talk too much because patients can't talk back. So they, um, they moved me to the manager and then they realized I was great at sales, which I never really knew I was good at. Um, and so then I started working with all the different companies, like their billboard company, their website company, their graphic designer. And it got to be frustrating when things weren't consistent or cohesive. And this was, you know, 10 years ago. So um, I just taught myself everything. And so um, I bounced around from different dental offices. I worked at a few different ones. And then um, I worked at AR Blow Dry Barn Salon right there in Trader Joe's and helped them open up, did all their branding, their marketing, all their events, all of that. And when um, when I had had Emmett, they were like, hey, you can work from home. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. So once I started working from home, after a few months of that, I'm like, I could do this for other clients. Like I have time. I mean, even just taking out the drive time, you know, once you have that out of the way and you don't have to have lunch time, I was like, I have free time that I could do more. So that's when I started working um, for myself and, um, that was in 2016. 
And yeah, slowly it grew. Um, everything was really just word of mouth. And we really prefer it that way. I've always preferred it that way. My team does too. Um, because the best clients that we have, they already know somebody else who could get work too that could benefit from our services. So, um, so yeah, Clover Creative Agency happened or became a thing two years ago. It was Amy Dighton Design before that, which is really lame. But um, yeah, but my husband- AD, I, ADD? Do what? Was ADD Amy Dighton Design? Yeah, yeah. Which I kind of am, clearly. But um, yeah, my husband and I met on St. Patrick's Day and I always, when people would, would tell me how you know lucky I was to be able to work from home and uh, it, was, it was always like, no, it's, it's hard work. It's not just luck. And um, I kind of wanted to play on it and Clover Creative Agency worked. Um, and uh, I felt like too, for a while, people would think I'm just one, for a while, I was just one person. Like how could one person do all these things? And so by having a team, we're able to bounce ideas off of. And during this, I cannot tell you how valuable it has been to be able to pick up the wow. phone, him, my creative uh, director, or call Kelsey and someone who gets it. <laughs> it's just been great to be able to talk with them. I mean, when this all happened, after a week, we, we were like, okay, we can't just keep watching the news. What's our like own Clover stimulus plan? Like, what are we going to do? We saw other agencies, you know, immediately like day two posting hey, we'll do coaching calls for $100. Hey, we'll do. And I was like, I just need to sit back and breathe for a second before I can even say what we want to do. Um, because also, too, people were panicking. They're still panicking. But we also didn't want to, like, seem like we're capitalizing, like, as a marketing company. So um, really, we've just been trying to help the clients we've worked with in the past, help our existing clients. And then, um, yeah, if anyone now is saying, hey, it's a great time for me to get a website or logo, it is 50% off. But, um, you know, the, we're not really sure where this is going for a lot of businesses or how things will change after this. Um, but we right. can say that if you get quiet and if you don't post anything or say anything, I'm not going to help you at all. So yeah, people, people are going to notice those who are quiet during these times and people are going to notice who those who are allowed or right. at least out there doing something. So to kind of start wrapping up, what are two lessons you've learned throughout this process? Um, both kind of with creative, well, Clover Creative Agency and Mommy's in the Podcast. And those are two kind of entirely different yet somewhat similar fields that I'm sure you got some very valuable lessons there. Um, I would say asking for help was the biggest lesson I learned last year. Um, as women, we um, really struggle with, um, and I think it's men too. I mean, my husband is like asking for directions. I get it. It's not just women. But um, I think if you're a woman entrepreneur, you're probably that person in class that was called bossy. You're probably that person that um, would take over the group project. That's kind of how you were growing up. And when you get older, it's a lot easier just why have anyone else do it if I'm gonna have to go behind them? Like I'll just do it myself. And so um, getting the right people and trusting the right people and asking for help was huge. That was a big lesson that I had to learn and um, learning to let go of some things and letting people that I hire do their job and do it well was so freeing. And now I understand how clients have felt when we've taken over that they don't have to worry about their marketing anymore um, because they asked for help. So that would be a big thing that I learned um, just being an entrepreneur. And then for mommies on the podcast, I learned, um, I guess I just really learned that even if you go out on a limb and you think, 
no one's listening or no one's watching or no one cares, if it's just one person that you help, it's worth it. And when I first went out on this, I really thought my mom's going to be the only one who listens. Maybe my employees, but I pay them. So that's probably why they'll listen. <laughs> they have to listen, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't ever ask them if they listen because that's just weird. But um, when I went out and did it, I really wasn't sure where it was going to go, if I was going to do more than the first four I recorded or what was going to happen. But when I first started getting those, those messages in, in Instagram or through Facebook saying, hey, you really helped me, um, that, that or like, hey, it's like you were talking to me. That's pretty rewarding and something that I didn't really expect. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's very true. And being able to ask for help is huge, especially in a starting business. And understand it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, we, don't, we don't have all the answers. Right. Right. It's not, you're not alone either. So that's also a good thing to, you know, kind of keep in the back of your head. So what is it, what's one thing that you love about Baton Rouge? One thing that I loved about Baton Rouge. Well, I love that it's like the biggest small town. Like everyone always knows that like everybody knows everybody, but that is such a win, especially during this time of a crisis that everybody knows somebody who owns a business. Everyone who, everybody knows someone who can do X, Y, Z that you need. And I think it's great because um, instead of it being so competitive, we are a lot more collaborative spirit than some cities. Um, I think we all want everyone to succeed. And um, I think that's a pretty awesome thing that I learned growing up in Baton Rouge. And, and um, especially because when I moved to Denham, I was nervous that it was like, well, no one's going to want to work with me because I'm out in Denham now and it's where I live and blah, blah, blah. And it's not at all like that. Um, Baton Rouge is always going to be this great city that wants everyone to succeed. So that would be what I would say. Okay. And what is... On that note of how great that Rouge is and a little, little small town we are, a little big town we are, what is something that you could change if given the opportunity? Given the option? Yeah. Well, I mean, I can Don't say traffic. Traffic's too generic. That's so funny. Actually, I'm going to say, we need public transportation <laughs> um, or better public transportation. I guess what I would change. Um, I would say it would be great if we could continue to move forward with adding more money to the arts. Um, I feel like Baton, any, any town that's great for tourism, no matter where they are, they flourish in the arts. And so if we don't invest money in having the museums, the art galleries, the music festivals, um, and in ways to support local music, like just reviving downtown has been great. Um, but if we don't continue that, especially after this crisis, then we'll see it in tourism and tax dollars and, and we'll see it with our children. They'll all leave, you know, cause it'll just be boring, you know? So um, that would be one thing. Yeah. And even, even something as simple as, you know, like the heart trail that's happened, that happened downtown with Taylor Jacobson and getting all that stuff set up, you know, that was pretty great art installment across, you know, a 5k span making a heart. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And we've got something, you know, kind of unique with that happening. And with you know Black Hill Comedy Club, then bringing the arts and stand-up comedy and the shows, I think it's great. We're, I think we're starting to see that. It's slow and it's very slow moving, but I think we're starting to see a little bit of a turn in that future. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. So, what is what is something that I can do to help you accomplish something you've been trying to do? Help me? Yeah, what can I do to help? Um, you like to keep kids? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, something you can do to help. Well, okay. So there is a local pop-up shop that my friend Meredith Wagesback is doing. And it's all these makers. So it's all these people that would sell at farmer's markets or they would sell at um, like hot art pool nights and different things like that that aren't happening. So um, if you could, I mean, it doesn't help me directly, but it helps me feel good. Go to local pop-up dot shop and see if there's something that you could buy because i feel like um right now everyone's doing a great job of buying to-go food you know we're i mean none of my clothes fit so i'm clearly winning with that but um i think we're kind of forgetting about the artist a little bit um or we're thinking well i can't buy a huge canvas or you know that's not what all art is there's so many different things there's people who make amazing coffee mugs you know so i would say go and, and do that and share it as much as you can on your your podcast platform um, because these people, it's not just their side hustle. A lot of them, it is their whole, that they are artists, true artists, that it's their whole source of income. So um, not having these events and not having their usual sales venue, venues has been difficult. Yeah, absolutely. You said it's localpopup.shop? Yep, localpopup.shop. Okay. I just dropped that in the comments on Facebook. So they've got that directly there in the, in the post. Okay. Well, any any final Final party um, Just thanks for making me feel cool enough to be on here. That's always not usually I'm the one asking questions, so it's pretty cool to be on the other side. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to do a podcast about doing on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, thank you so very much, Amy, for coming on. I really appreciate your time, especially on a Friday afternoon. You know, the kids are not probably going around somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> now it's easier for to get people to say yes. You know, they're not. I, I can't say, oh, I'm traveling. Oh, really? Really? Are you? No, I actually, someone recently told me, they, I was trying to do something for my daughter for her birthday, and it was a family member who told me they were busy. It was so hard not to text back, like, busy doing what? <laughs> like, what? Reading all the encyclopedias in your house? Like, what are you doing? <sighs> but. <laughs> anyways, I'm glad we're able to, we're able to make this work. Um, so thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And for everybody listening, thank you all for listening. Be sure to go check out Amy Dyken over at Clover Creative Agency. All of her pages, social media, and everything's going to be linked up in the show notes. And also check out uh, localpopup.shop. You know, everybody is being affected during these times, and it's if we can do any part, let's do what we can to make sure that everybody comes out on the other side better than the work we're doing. So I'm Patty G. You are listening to the latest rendition of the Patty G Show. Thank you all. Yeah.